0: and on today's episode, a listener writes in, and they have a great question, and the question is, how do I minister to hurting people? You know, all adults need people who will stand by them and walk with them in the, in the totality of life. The Bible says this in Galatians 6.1, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. So how can you show people that you care about? How can you help carry the burdens of, of people who are coping with adversity? Well, here's some ideas. Listen, listen, listen. Listening might be a paramount caregiving skill. You see, when we listen, when we really listen to people, we demonstrate that their problems and their concerns matter to us. Listening affirms the worth of the other person. Great listeners, they cultivate the ability to hear not only the words, but also the feeling behind the spoken words. If you develop only the ability to listen well, you would be an effective caregiver. Well, also, be cautious about giving advice. Rather than just give advice, help people identify and even evaluate the options before them. Uh, A church member uh, might talk with us about a problem in their life, uh, and they might come to us even asking advice. We should ask this question, what are you thinking that you should do? Well, they might talk about this, and we should ask them, what other options do you have? Well, they might say, I don't have any, but after a moment, we might have another idea and they might have an idea. And, and then we might say to them, what else might you do? Would you believe this, that there might even be a better option available? We might say, well, that might even lead to a further conversation and another one after that. You see, we should ask questions. You might, you might be tempted to give advice immediately to somebody who's seeking help, but sometimes the best thing to do is listen, and even listen and ask questions of what people are saying. This can draw out uh, their problems and even help them to learn to uh, assess and deal with their problems in a more God-glorifying way, and perhaps even come to some solutions. The, the next thing that we're going to talk about is refrain from judging and even condemning. You know, when people mess up, when they blow it, they make bad choices, they sin. They feel bad. They, they feel bad. They don't need us to keep another dose of judgment and condemnation. Our problems can make us feel like we're hopeless, without solution, and destined for failure. So convey hope to people who suffer the consequences of a poor choice. Assure them that no mistake or sin lies behind the reach of the grace of God. Now, try to avoid saying, next, I know how you feel. And even though you may have had the same experience or as somebody else, similarities may end there. To say we know how a person feels, we we have to have walked in their shoes throughout that experience. So if we're not supposed to say, I know how you feel, what are we supposed to say? Well, consider this. I have some understanding of what you're going through. I went through a similar experience once. I hurt with you. I can see the pain on your face. You seem to be hurting. What's the hardest part about this for you? What are you feeling right now that you had not expected to feel? Well, the next thing, be alert to warning signs. And, and this is what I mean. A person you have always known as a happy, jolly, uh, effervescent, life-of-the-party individual displays a look of deep concern on their face all week long. Until now, you've never seen a frown on this person's face. The frown and even the deep concern showing on your friend's face, it serves as a warning sign that something is going on in this person's life and you need to be attentive. This is a pretty obvious example, but watch for these type of signs and unusual behaviors that may indicate that somebody is struggling realize the power of your presence you know in the face of death severe crises gut-wrenching heartaches and the like we often like to uh, to say what we want to say but the very best thing that we can say is you know tell me really how that feels Tell me how that feels tell me tell me what you 're feeling right now. Tell me what you 're going through and and sometimes even just the right there on the spot, just praying for them, uh, giving them a hug, letting them know that you 're there for them. How can you walk alongside them and never divulge uh, confidences you know as you minister to people, I'll even let them know you know i 'm not going to let anybody know what you shared with me this is This is just between you and me and the lord, and i 'm going to pray for you. You know, the psalmist prayed in Psalm 25, four through five, make your ways known to me, Lord, teach me your paths, guide me in your truth and teach me. And so in determining how to best care for people, ask God to guide you from his word. And when you struggle with what to say, ask the Lord to give you the right words from his word, the word of God. And when you wonder if the person you you want to help will be receptive to your care, ask God to create openness. And when you feel inadequate to help, ask the Lord to equip you with his word. You know, we all want to help out our friends who are hurting and struggling, but we may not know where to begin. Do we give them space and, and tell them to call if they need anything? Or do we dive in and try to fix everything? Do we ask questions? Or do we wait on them to initiate and even to speak? While the answers are unique as, as to each person and situation, there, there's a lot to learn about this. And, and there's not just a cookie cutter answer on these things. But the first thing to say is that God calls us to do for our hurting friends is to pray for them. It may be helpful to divide our prayer into three areas. Their spiritual, physical, and emotional needs. And so we can pray that they would turn to the Lord Jesus and find peace in Him even in their trial. We might pray for daily strength, physical healing, and even financial provision. And we might pray that they not feel anxious or afraid if they're surrounded by caring friends. We can also pray for ourselves. We, we can ask the Lord for help to pray for our hurting friends regularly and even to show us from his word what to pray. Uh, also ask the Lord to help us to fulfill my good intentions to make my good efforts towards them fruitful, as 2 Thessalonians 1.11 says. So in addition to prayer, there are other tangible ways to minister to hurting friends. Four ways that I found particularly helpful are, are represented by the acronym slow. That acronym reinforces that God is working even through uh, change seems slow. And it reminds us that we need to be slow to speak and quick to listen as we see in James 119 having people show up is critical in the early days of loss and even long afterward. God created us to live in community. It's not good for us to be alone. We need one another and wanting company is not a sign of weakness. Even the Lord wanted friends with him in his anguish, asking them to wait, to watch and pray in Mark 14, 32-35. In Job we see the importance of this presence. When Job's friends first heard of his enormous suffering, Job 2.11 says they made an appointment together to come and to show him sympathy. And comfort him. They didn't remain at a distance. They raised their voices and wept with him. Job two twelve says. Now, just being there can give people strength to move forward, knowing that they're not alone. But we also might not know what to say. We we don't have to have eloquent words. Just our presence. We need to be okay with you know giving a snack or whatever they like. Or, but but we need to bring something ourselves. That is, just be there for them. Let them know that they're not alone. Listen. Few people are as anxious to hear many sermons in the midst of their pain. Most prefer to have friends just listen or sit there in silence. Job's friends were a good example at least for seven days when they sat with Job without saying a word in Job 2.13. For the rest of the book, however, they berated him till he begged them to stop in Job 21.1-2. So rather than compassionately listening, Job's friends kept offering advice and even cliche theology. Job knew that his words were raw. He wanted his friends to listen as he proceeded his questions and losses rather than arguing with him out loud. In Job 6.26, he says, Do you intend to rebuke my, my words when the words of one in despair belong to the wind? So a part of listening well in moments like these is patiently letting people speak without interrupting them or even judging them, just listening to them prayerfully, letting some of their complaints be as words to the wind. Listening allows people to lament and to sit in the dark places of their grief without trying to fix it or even expecting them to rush through it. You know, the best counselors actively listen, not immediately giving advice or critique, but rather offering a space for people to process their emotions and experiences. They ask thoughtful questions. They pay attention to verbal and nonverbal responses. They offer reflections on what they notice. Offering that type of listening for our friends may be more healing and even more life-giving than anything else that we do. Offering physical help is time-consuming. It's, it's even easy to assume other people are taking care of those needs. But God calls us to care for our brothers and sisters in Christ rather than just telling them to go in peace without providing for their physical needs. So pray about what God would have you offer. Consider the person's needs as well as your own abilities and limitations. Sometimes our Lord calls us to give beyond what feels comfortable, according to 2 Corinthians 8, 3-5. But he also promises to supply the strength that we need, according to 1 Peter four ten through 11 for our suffering friends, everyday, we, everyday tasks may feel monumental, and yet they often don't know what they need or even what might be most helpful. And so when we offer specific ways that we can help, we're serving them in the name of Christ. You know, often what they need is a, as simple as walking their dog, dropping off a meal, babysitting their children for a few hours. Offering gift certificates for food few delivery services is also a great substitute for homemade meals. And so, if you enjoy doing yard work, are good with computers, or like folding laundry, or anything else, offer your help in those areas. Or, consider offering a block of time by saying, you know, I have Thursday from 12 to 4 free. Can I run some errands for you or help you with anything? While offering help requires forethought and even sacrifice the value to our friends often far exceeds our effort you know, offering words of grace at the right time, spoken or even written, it can encourage others in their faith just as Jonathan helped David find strength in the Lord, according to 1 Samuel twenty three sixteen. Now, we must talk about this. Timing is really important here. There are some words that are better to avoid. Saying anything that begins with at least offering false assurances or encouraging people to look on the bright side, that is minimizing. Even sound advice or scripture offered at the wrong time can feel insensitive. Now we should look at Romans eight twenty eight. That's a that's a very uh, helpful passage, but it, it felt it feels heartless hearing it from a friend at at a funeral. You know, in that moments, in those moments, we want sympathy, we want understanding. Throwing Bible verses and theology at people can be overwhelming at times. That doesn't mean we shouldn't share our faith. We should be eager to tell people the reason for our hope, but we should do so with gentleness and respect, as First Peter three fifteen through sixteen says. And after we share how God has met us in our own struggles, we can trust that the Holy Spirit will use our words. We, we need not belabor the point or even press for a response. You know, the first truth that we need to remember is the presence of God. We need to know that the Lord is always with us. He's preparing us. He's strengthening us. He's even upholding us, according to Isaiah 41.10. And nothing can separate us from His love, according to Romans 8.38 and 39. That second truth is that our suffering is not meaningless. God is using it both for our good and for his glory, as we see in Genesis 50, 20 and Romans 8, And nothing and no one can throw out his divine purposes, according to Job 42, 2. That final truth is one that we can cling to, that my real home is in heaven, as Jesus says in John 142 through 3. Will there be no more tears or crying or pain, according to Revelation 21, 4. If you have a friend who is struggling and don't know how to help, perhaps start by getting together. Be, pre- be prepared to come close, not standing on the edge waiting to be asked, but willingly entering the messiness of pain. It probably means listening and praying more than speaking, along with offering specific help as you are able. It also means being willing to share the hope and the comfort that God has given you in Christ alone in the revealed word, confident that your witness will not be in vain. So your friend's healing may seem slow, but trust that God is using your efforts in ways that will one day shine in glory. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching today's episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.